But I have a message that I've prepared. Um, we're going into this season of Easter. And if you recall, this is kind of the time frame last year where everything started getting shut down. And I think the most challenging service for churches to not have last year was Easter service. And I'm guessing that churches are, are planning on preparing for Easter. And so, so for me as a pastor, I want to preach a series of sermons that lead us to Easter Sunday. And so I've been in this, in, in the Passion Scriptures, I've been reading through the Gospels, just this, this story. And, and there was an idea that kind of resonated with my heart. There was a, there was something that stood out to me in the, in the stories that, that I feel like is the God-given uh, way that we're going to look at Easter this year. So if you'll notice my background, my PowerPoint, it says Easter, but Easter is in quotes. And so what stood out to me as I've been reading these passages of Scripture are some quotes that maybe Jesus spoke or others spoke that will help us to, to understand, maybe bring to life, bring to, to understanding the, the Easter passage, the Easter story, the message of Jesus Christ. So this morning I want to start in some verses. Uh, we're going to be, this is not the right clicker, uh, that won't do anything. We're going to be in Mark chapter 14. And just because we've got the kids with us this morning and we weren't expecting to, I need uh, you four boys to come up front, please. Oh, man. Put your Bible. You don't need that right now. And sometimes when I was a kid pastor, we'd let the kids act out stories. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. So I need, I need, a, I need a Jesus. we got a Jesus. I need a Peter. we got a Peter. I need a James. we got a James. And I need a John. We got a John. Now your job is to listen as I read these verses and try to act out what's on here. Now you got to stay up here on the stage so everybody can see you. You got it? Yeah, that's easy. Okay. So Mark chapter 14 says they, that means Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they went to a place called Gethsemane. You guys are going together. Man, John doesn't want to be involved. Okay, come over here, guys. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Sit here while I pray. So the disciples, they did what? Oh, sorry. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. They were deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed to the point, or with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Tell them to stay here and keep watch. What did he tell you guys? Okay, we're all tracking the same. Going a little bit farther, he, being Jesus, fell to the ground. Nice. And prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I want, what I will, but what you will. Then, stand up. Come over here. He returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. Simon? Who's Simon? That's Peter. Sorry. I know it's confusing. Bible's confusing. Gosh. He said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for me for one hour? Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
So once more, he went away and prayed. Go away and pray. You guys fall back asleep. When he came back, come on back, Jesus. He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They didn't know what to say to him. Wake up, guys, because Jesus just came back. He's not impressed. Go away. Start praying. You do your job. Start sleeping. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Are you still sleeping and resting? You guys might want to wake up. Jesus is here. Enough! Look, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Thank you, guys. You can be seated, but don't fall asleep now. we got some quality actors right there. That's all I'll say. So the quote that I desire to look at this morning, the, the, the portion of Scripture that stood out to me as I was looking at, at these verses, was when Jesus said, to the disciples, specifically to Peter, are you asleep? And as we prepare for Easter, that's the first question I want us to consider. Is are we asleep? I mean the context of this. We saw what the kids did right before this. Do you know what happens right before this? Right before this is the Last Supper. Right before this, Jesus has his disciples, and he's talking to them. They've drunk from this cup, and, and they broke bread together. And, and, and he's given them the instructions of what's to come. These guys are kind of confused. They're not sure what's, what's going on. I mean, think about it. Like Peter, James, and John, I mean, they're barely six years old, but they gave up the last three and a half years to follow Jesus. And... He's even made a comment, and you, you can see it in this same chapter in Scripture, that they're all going to fall away. I mean, they've got to be processing, like, what in the world is going on? And so then after he, Jesus does all this stuff, and, and we have this meal, he says, hey, I'm going to go pray. And so he takes the guys with him. And the question is, like, why are these guys asleep? Do you ever read that and think that? I mean, that's my first question when I read this. Like, hey, dummies, what are you sleeping for? Can I say dummies? I'm sorry. Hey, guys, why are you sleeping? And, and, and so I begin to hypothesize. So why would they be asleep? Maybe they're bored. I mean, can you imagine that? It's been a long day, and you go out, and Jesus gives you one task. It's to sit and watch. And he goes away. I mean, what are you going to do if I take you out? In the wilderness, and I say, sit here and pray, and I leave you. At some point, you're going to get bored. Were they just bored? Were they absolutely tired? I mean, why wouldn't they be tired? In Matthew 26, we read the verses that say, uh, the same story. He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked to Peter, watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the... The flesh is weak. That's I'm tired. I mean, it's been a long week. We had parades. We had people. We have all this stuff going on. Jesus just, I mean, who doesn't fall asleep after Thanksgiving meal? When I mean, your flesh is weak, I'm just tired. 
He went away a second time, prayed, My father, if it's possible, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. I've seen heavy eyes in church before. From my side, not your side. You know what I'm saying? Where you don't want to fall asleep, but you do fall asleep. And my dad tells me every time he's not sleeping, but I know he's sleeping because I can hear him snoring. You know what I'm saying? You ever been there where you're watching a TV show and you're not going to fall asleep, and next thing you know you're just asleep, and you didn't mean to be asleep, but you fell asleep? I mean, is that what's happening? I mean, that's what it sounds like could be happening, or does Luke chapter 22 give us a different picture? The same story, he adds this phrase. When he rose from prayer and he went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. I mean, can you imagine these guys? I mentioned three and a half years. When, when Jesus came and got them, they left their boats. They left their jobs. They left their careers. And they've been following Jesus and they've been watching him do some pretty incredible things. They've been watching him uh, uh, heal the sick and, and, and raise the dead. They've, they've watched and listened to all the things that he's taught. And I've got to imagine that the beginning of this week, there was this big parade when Jesus came into town. It's, it's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday, where they're waving banners and they're screaming, Hosanna. And, and I'm guessing, if I'm one of them guys, I'm like, man, it's getting ready. This is about to get good. I mean, the king's come. He's been revealed. I mean, what's next? Are we going to start whooping some people? Are we going to start going Samson on some people with a, jaw, a, a, a jawbone of a, of a donkey and whipping some guy's tail? Are we taking the kingdom over? Am I about to get a seat in the palace? I mean, we left to follow this guy, the Messiah. He's going to be revealed. I mean, I'm guessing emotional high. And then we had this meal. <laughs> and Jesus started saying these crazy things. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to die. He flat out looked at all of us at the table and said, We're all going to fall away. What did I give up the last three and a half years for? He said, and it's in red, so this is a God quote. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That's what you called me to be a part of? Peter, remember Peter gets proud? Yeah, all these guys are going to betray you, but I'm not. That moment just happened before we get to the garden. These guys, I'm guessing, are confused, and I would even use the word depressed. They're overwhelmed by sorrow. Why? Why are we facing this moment? So it was potentially they were bored, they were tired, or they were simply overwhelmed with sorrow. But the story tells us that three times Jesus had to come back, and three times he had to ask them the same question, Are you asleep? So what's the big deal? What's the big deal about them being asleep? Jesus asked them to do something. What did Jesus ask them to do? 
Keep watch. The first task it says is be here, like just be you. Like just be here, be present, and keep watch. Later on when he comes back, he says keep watch and pray. He figures he's got to give them something to do because they keep falling asleep. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's just being a parent. He comes back after they fell asleep the first time, he says keep watch. Then he says keep watch and pray. They were absolutely given a task. And I don't think it was that complicated of a task. They weren't asked to do something too incredible. He didn't say go, go climb that mountain or go, go, go whatever. He said just keep watch and pray. And three times they failed. It's compelling to me when I read the story. What did I say the vocation of these guys was three and a half years ago? Fishermen. That's a pretty physical job. You ever watched, I like the show Deadliest Catch, Crab Fishermen. I know that's not where they were at because they weren't in the Arctic. They were probably in the desert, but they were fishermen. And, the, and you watch their shows, and you want to talk about seeing some guys with some heavy eyes? These guys were conditioned to do physical work and stay up all night long. But when Jesus asked them to stay awake, they couldn't keep their eyes open. They could be on the Sea of Galilee for days and keep their eye open and and work and, and be physical and all those things. But they, I mean, these were guys that shouldn't be falling asleep. And when I read this story, I struggle. Like, I, I just want to grab them and say, guys, don't you know what's happening? I mean, I just want to grab them and say, guys, don't you realize the moment that you're in? I mean, I know what's happening. I know who's coming. I know what's about to take place because I've read the story. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where you look back and you say, man, I wish I would have known? The gravity of that moment They had no clue of the moment that they were living in. My wife, we, the story that, that, that resonates in us when I, when I, when I share about this moment with the disciples, if they would have known the gravity of the moment. About ten years ago, we were able to go to Florida and, and Tam was with her family and her mom was there. And she was battling pancreatic cancer at the time. And we were all in Florida and it had been a phenomenal vacation. We went out on a sailboat one day. Everybody went out. We had a good time. We came back. Wednesday night, my brother-in-law is a youth pastor at a church. I'm in Florida. And someone says, do you want to go to ice cream or do you want to go to church? I chose ice cream. Pam chose ice cream. And her mom went to church. I think her mom and her brother went to church and the rest of us went and got ice cream. We came back from church and her mom had fallen asleep in her chair and so we went to bed, didn't think anything of it. That night, her mom passed away. And I remember Tam looking at me after that moment and saying, if I only knew, I would have gone to church with mom. If I only knew what this moment meant, I would have done things differently. And I think at times we live in that moment where we look back and we say, if I only knew what this moment was, I would have done it differently. I mean, these guys were told by the master what they needed to do. 
This was the moments, these were the last moments they had to learn how to pray from Jesus himself. Like, why didn't they watch him pray? Yeah, they could watch for what others were doing, but they could have learned from the master right there. People were coming. He was going to be arrested and taken from them. But they didn't recognize the importance of the moment. They didn't see how incredible the moment they were living in was. And they failed three times to do what Jesus asked them to do. I want to ask you a question today. Are you asleep? Because we can look at their story and we can say, man, they stink. Man, I wouldn't do that. But I believe that we're living in an appointed time as well. He's made us as competent ministers of a new covenant. Scott, that includes you. You're a competent minister of a new covenant. People might not call Scott competent all the time, but yes, you are a competent minister of the new covenant. Not by, your dad's not here, so I gotta pick on you. It's just that spot. Not by, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You know, the story of Esther. What I love about the story of Esther, at one point, they say to her, you were made to be queen for such a time as this. I want to say that God made you how he made you for such a time as this. You were made for this moment to do something with incredible impact in the kingdom of God. We talked and we looked at the reality of, of purpose. We're here to love God and love people and make an impact in our world. That's what this church is here for. You're a part of that plan. God has said to us, lift up your eyes. The harvest, you know, you say six months, but I say no. The fields are ripe for the harvest now. I want to tell you, you're here this morning, and I believe you're here in the middle of a blizzard for a purpose. I'm not trying to sensationalize or anything else. I'm trying to say, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You are here for a purpose. You live in an appointed time. You have an absolute purpose. That purpose is defined in Matthew chapter 28. He says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. This moment is an important moment. This season is an important time. God has given you an important purpose. Are you sleeping? I don't want us looking back saying, I wish I would have done that differently. But I want to recognize how important this moment, the moment that I'm living in, is. It goes back to some of what we talked in Sunday school. 
with Brent sharing a story about picking someone up on the side of the road, how that moment is important because in that moment, God might use him to change someone's eternity. But how often we just go on by. There's too much temptation. I mean, mark this. That's not the right verse. This is in 2 Timothy, if you're writing them down. I said 2 Corinthians because it's the same one when I copied and pasted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. There is a time of temptation in which we're living. That's the world in which we're living in. And we we can be so tempted to not do anything. But the reality is, Jesus came back. You see, those disciples, they were given a purpose. It was to watch and pray, to keep still and watch. Three times they were tempted. What was the temptation? They wanted to go to sleep. Three times they failed, but three times what happened? Their master came back. I want to tell you, our master is coming back. He said he's coming back. He said we won't know the, the hour, we won't know the moment, but, but he is coming back. First Thessalonians chapter uh, 4 says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the loud voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive are left, and our left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Jesus said he is coming back. For his church. He's coming back. Our master is coming back. What will you be doing when he comes? Graham, please sit down. Will you be sleeping? Or will you be wise? Luke chapter 12 says, The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master put in charge of his servants to give them their food and allowance at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. What will be good for the servant? When the master comes back, for them to be doing what the master asked them to do. I mean, if we know when, when mom's coming back, we make sure to start cleaning our rooms. Right? Nope. Maybe the master needs to be more aggressive. We can talk about that some other time. You know what I mean? Like when we know the boss is coming in, all of a sudden we're, we're working real hard. I want to be ready when my master comes. And I want to be about... My father's business. That's an amen. That's God. He's saying. He's saying, listen up. 
God has given you a purpose. He's asked you to do something. It may be as simple as watch and pray. It may be as simple as be still and know. But God has absolutely given you a purpose. And there's all kinds of reasons not to do what God wants you to do. You might be bored with your life. You might think that there's nothing exciting in what God is asking you to do. You might be tired. You might be overwhelmed by the work and the things and the, and the plans and the purposes that you've got to get done. The things that you've been doing, the things you've got to do, and the things that will never get done that just continue to nag on you. you, you maybe you are tired. Maybe you are overwhelmed with sorrow. You're at a point where you say, man, I used to have hope, but I have hope no more. I used to believe, but man, Jesus has been showing me things, and this This story isn't how I thought this story was going to end. And so now I'm just tired. I'm depressed. Leave me alone. I want to go to sleep. Your master is coming back. And your pastor wants you to recognize the power of this moment. This week... There'll be conversations. This week, there'll be opportunities to be exactly who God has called you to be. This week, there'll be opportunities for you to do what God has asked you to do. For you to hear Him speak to you and know what God has said. And there'll be temptations, there'll be trials, there'll be ways, there'll be excuses. But I desire you recognize how powerful the moment you're living in so you don't fall asleep. Are you sleeping? God, I come to you this morning and I I thank you for Easter and quotes. I thank you for the Word of God that we can look at. And this story, God, that that at times I think we take for granted and at times we, we may even overlook. But God, I ask that that we could be honest with ourselves rather than looking at the disciples this morning, looking at Peter, James, and John and saying, man, they're, they're terrible. Let's look at ourselves for a moment. And I pray for the grace that is Jesus Christ, that if anyone in this room is asleep today, that you tell us to wake up. It wasn't in judgment. It wasn't in condemnation. You just ask them to wake up. God, I pray that as we hear your voice and we, and we wake up from our sleep and we get, get rid of the distractions or the things that have kept us from doing your will, Lord, that we can be attentive to the task that you've given. God, if our perception needs to change about the moment we're living, Help us to truly know the weight of this moment. The gravity of this season. That we experience, God, all that you have. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this day. 
And I pray you help us in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. May you get home safely and not slide in the snow. And may you keep watch to what God has for you. Amen. Be blessed.